filibuster, filibuster freestyle, filibuster, filibuster. Watch out for the filibuster. Ladies and gentlemen, after a almost two-week hiatus for the freestyle, we took last week off for reasons we'll go into in a bit. We're coming back strong. It's your buddy Gavin, filibusterfreestyle.com is where you can find us on the web and where you can find him in Walpole, Mass. It's our good friend, Andrew Patterson. How are you, buddy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, I'm glad to be back on the freestyle after its uh, brief hiatus. I yeah. missed listening to it. So. Yeah, yeah. We took a week off. You know, we, we, uh, you know we're not going to force it. And actually, we had a really good idea for tonight's pod from our buddy Roscoe P., which we'll get into later. But the premise revolves around the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Roscoe, he's, his day job gets really busy starting tomorrow, so he was not able to, to do anything tonight, and so he's going he's gonna to probably record later this week. So we've brought you in okay. to talk about a smorgasbord of things, and we'll talk about Roscoe's idea later, and we'll get to that at the end. But we will touch on some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But first, first, I want to give a shout-out to the, to the beautiful city of Asheville, North Carolina, where I was with Pundit, Har- Pundit Cindy Harrington this weekend, our unofficial sponsors of the week, Highwire Brewery, and also props to High Five Coffee, who had the best bagel sandwich I've ever had south of the Mason-Dixon line. Props to those people, sir. Just letting you know. What Was it what was on the bagel sandwich, or was it the bagel itself? It was the bagel itself. I mean, it was the regular kind of accoutrement that comes with the bagel sandwich, but it was an everything bagel that was just the best everything bagel I've had, at least south of Washington, D.C., or actually... For those geography buffs, the Mason-Dixon line is actually uh, further north than that. I believe it's the Maryland-Pennsylvania border. And therefore, this is the best bagel sandwich I've had south of Philadelphia, bar none. Okay. It is really like the Mason-Dixon line was once this incredibly important line in in, uh, history and in in the livelihoods of daily Americans. Yeah. That is now only ever used as a marker point for... Judging where you've had the various best sandwich of your uh, of your life, it's really uh, it's glory days are past. Let's just say, oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but props to the folks at High Five Coffee for giving me giving me that experience and giving us a reason to reference such a storied place, mm-hmm. <laughs> or or more of a line of demarcation. Speaking of places, though, I want to hit some places listening, Mr. Patterson, because um, America usually wins. America, you know, the U.S. usually is the most listened. USA, right? But just like our soccer team didn't make the World Cup, uh, we've been beaten a couple times recently. But I do want to give a shout out for this week's silver medalist, the Philippines. The Philippines, number two this week. Wow, excellent, excellent. That's really exciting. So um, we should do. We should talk karaoke then, because they like isn't. Don't they sing karaoke in the Philippines? Well, first of all, I think they sing uh, they sing karaoke everywhere, but I'm sure yes. it's very popular there as well. Yeah. Well, Manny Pacquiao is a big, big proponent of karaoke, and he right. happens That's to be where Filipino. I was this from. Yeah, exactly. So, if, if we're basing the fact that Manny is the most famous person from that place, and that whatever he does, they like, I would hasten to guess that karaoke is probably fairly popular in the Philippines. Yeah. Um, Here's a place that it's got to be popular. Australia, who came in third place this week. We are huge in the Pacific Ocean and slash Indian Ocean this week. Feeling good yeah. about that. What, um, wait, did you have a big Pacific Ocean talk? No, the last thing we talked about was the First Amendment. Uh, 
which with Jeremy Johnson, who is a West Coaster, but he's on the other side of the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. It was First Amendment. It was a little bit of Red Sox talk because they had just clinched the division. And it was some, like, uh, freedom of speech stuff. I mean, maybe Filipinos and Australia. Maybe Jeremy Johnson. Maybe Jeremy Johnson just has a big Southwest Pacific following. You know what? Let's leave it at that. I think you're right. Well, he is the man cook good maestro. Um, yeah. And then, so anyway, the top cities listening. Let me see if you can help me with this one. The winner this week was Holden, Massachusetts. Do we know anybody in Holden? Like off the top of no. your head? Okay. I mean, I'm maybe. I mean, not off the top of my head. Like, I know where Holden is. I know it's close to, to Worcester, Mass, where we went to college at Clark. I'm sure it's someone from you Clark. You've the extent of my Holden knowledge. Right. And me too. So I don't know who you are in Holden, but thanks for listening to the Freestyle last week in bulk. Um, speaking of, you know, in bulk, the city of Boston was great last week. Our favorite bulk users in Ashburn, Virginia, came in third place last week. And then the answer to Australia is in Kilburn, Australia, because that was the fourth, the fourth most listened to place, or vice versa, that listened to the freestyle last week, was the great Kilburn, Australia. So we'll do a remote show there because the folks from Ashburn have never stepped up. I don't know who they yeah, are. No, they I have love them. Never, uh, never stepped up to it to say, to admit who they are. And I'll say this, actually, because I'm going to Washington, D.C. tomorrow evening for a work event. The next day. And Ashburn is not too far away from the nation's capital. Ashburn, folks, tweet at me, at Gavin Viano, or hit me up on the Facebook page, uh, sorry, facebook.com slash filibusterfreestyle, and I'll buy you a coffee or something. I want to meet you, just in a public place, because I'm not sure, you know, what you're up to. Um, All right. Here's a place that did not listen last week, despite the fact that I was there, and despite the fact that a lot of stuff has happened there recently, most of it unfortunate. Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes. I was in Vegas last weekend with my buddy Greg. Okay. And they do say that what happens there stays there, and for the most part, that's true. Two very interesting things happened to, to us, and of course, this was the weekend after the terrible, tragic mass shooting, which is completely dwarfs anything I'm going to say about Las okay. Vegas. So, I, yeah, I was just going to say, for the listeners, it should be clear that this is not going to be a take on the mass shooting or any sort of assessment of that. It has just happened in the same city right the trip was booked before the unfortunate events we still went let me ask you this though because obviously you know it happened late on a sunday night early on a monday morning that tragedy we were were scheduled to fly there the following friday so obviously our tickets were booked you know a part of me felt weird going obviously right yeah but part of me was like you know if, if we don't go doesn't that person get what they wanted, which was to instill some type of power or dominance or fear, certainly, over, and I, you know, I mean, again, I mean, I, was asked, I, mean, I went because I had the tickets booked, you know, but right. I mean, I definitely felt kind of like, well, why would I not, why, why would I not go to a place that actually needs people to come back and have a good time, hopefully, the next week? Yeah, I mean, I don't even think it would have dawned on me not to go. Right, right. So anyway, like you you're going up to the city. It might have felt like a different vibe or have been a different city than the other times you've been there. But um, yeah, weirdest part actually about it was I think because there are so many tourists in Las Vegas and we were not staying very close to the Mandalay Bay that you really didn't feel much of a like too much of a change at all. I mean, obviously you saw a lot of Vegas strong stuff, and but I think because so much of the city's population at least the strip turns over like every four or five days or less that it really wasn't, it wasn't nearly as nearly as eerie feeling as I thought it would potentially be. 
Because I can remember going going to Boylston Street a few weeks after the marathon bombing, and obviously we're from the Boston area, but Boston's a place where the same people are there every day, you know. Right. Um, but it was it was just an odd thing. But so now now my this this, this little meandering talk makes what I'm going to say even dumber and less. Well, you still have the added capabilities, right? Because if you want this next story to have, you know. The entertainment value. Maybe you. Maybe you get rid of the two minutes where we discuss. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut tragedy. one. I'm gonna cut one because one's one's funny but not funny. So, and no yeah. one's gonna know what that one is. But I am gonna tell this one. So Greg and I were. We you know we're together there. You know we're hanging out. We're buddies, and we're walking through the casino, and we happen upon this group of like six people. It was like two guys, four women, and um, okay. one of the women. Said I, I forget how we started talking to them. Now, were these people our age, older than us? Uh, I'd say ballpark our age. Okay. So probably early. I'd say probably early thirties. So a little bit, a little bit younger than than me, certainly. You know, I don't, yeah. wanna, I don't want to give away your age, sir. Uh, right. But like you're the same you're age. You're being generous with the use of uh, the term ballpark. I right. Say. Well, anyway, they're they're they're, they're probably in their thirties. Maybe they're not. I don't know. Right. Okay. So this woman says, you know, and I forget what we're talking, how we started talking, because you know, sometimes just things get a little fuzzy, but. She said, you know, I got to tell you guys, you've got a great chemistry. And we, we were like, well, well, thanks. She's like, yeah, I mean, you're just like such a great couple. And, and, and so Greg, Greg just says, wait, what do you, what do you mean couple? <laughs> and again, if we were a couple, it would be great. And in fact, apparently it would be great. Apparently you have great chemistry to be a couple. But then this is the line I wanted to go on because she said that both of us We've got a good energy. That's fine because we can have good energy as friends. That's fine. Yeah. But she used – instead of telling, calling us that we were handsome, which I'm not insinuating that she should have, she said, I mean, you're both just so like – you know, you're like you're both kind of like pretty guys. And I, no one has ever called me pretty in my life, Andrew. So I, you right. can't speak for Greg. You don't know Greg. But if you looked at me, would you ever just be like, you know, Gavin's kind of pretty? No. Were you wearing guy shadow at the time or like – No, I was literally wearing my, my like uh, – my tailor-made – Flip-flops, like khaki shorts, t-shirt look. So Yeah, that's not a pretty man's outfit. That's not a pretty, pretty man's outfit. And that was my no. point. I'm, I'm not saying, hey, listen, if Greg's a great dude, and if he and I were to have something happen, whatever. Everything's cool. Everything's cool. We know about yeah. that. But I've just never been called pretty before, and it took me aback. But yeah, I think pretty would be a compliment. It was totally a compliment, but it was just pretty a weird – It was a strange attitude to be called for the first time at 38 years old, almost 39. Yeah. Absolutely, I have, I have I have yet to be called pretty in my life. So, and Greg, uh, who I believe is about forty five or so, Greg's face is priceless. And obviously, it's an audio podcast, and I'm not even going to try to do it justice. But his confusion when she said that we had great chemistry and we were a really great couple upon meeting us for about ninety seconds, unbelievable stuff. Did how did did you now I did did you contemplate having fun with this for a little bit? No, because you know what, two of her friends. Who were both ladies happened to actually be a couple, and they were like, okay, so, and they were like, yeah. they both were just like, no, they're not a couple. And yeah, so it's almost too bad that it happened when Greg was right there. If she had said that to you, like when when Greg was in the could have let him marinate a little bit. Could have run mm. with that all night and had Greg not know he was in a relationship with you. Well, I think we're bordering. <laughs> we're bordering on the bizarre, but yeah, I mean, that next time I go to Vegas, if I get a chance again, it's going to happen. So to be fair, and we did not talk about this pre-show, but I think all filibuster freestyle listeners should get into this show. Uh, do you know Nathan for you on Comedy Central? I do, I do, yeah. Okay, 
have, did you see this latest episode? No, I haven't watched it yet. Okay, it's amazing, and uh, in one of the scenes, he, he literally marries another person without that person's knowledge, without that man's knowledge. Ooh, that's good. It's, it's just a beautiful stunt, and so I think that's what got me thinking on... It would be Did I mess to, with Greg and, and say, right, hey... This other guy literally gets married and has no idea that he's, that he's just been married. Do they do it's it? really amazing how he pulls it off. Well, I'll tell you what. I did hear Nathan... Is it Nathan Fielder? Is that his last name? Yeah. I did hear Nathan Fielder on the Bill Simmons podcast, and it reminded me how much I enjoyed his show. So props to him. Yeah. And, okay, we're going to move on from Vegas, but just wanted to give a shout-out to Greg and the lovely folks who... Told us that we were yeah. pretty, and you know what? You guys are pretty too. Pretty boy, Re- pretty boy Greg, pretty boy Gavin. Yeah, that's like a nineteen nineties wrestling tag team. Yeah, I think like we're the pretty boys. boys. We're the pretty boys, and he's like pretty yeah. boy Greg, and I'm pretty boy Gavin. That's awesome. And Bob, the late great Bobby Heenan would have been our manager. Um, yes. Okay, let's go from uh, Vegas to Larry Flint, the famous publisher. Dare I say, I mean, I think well-known pornographer, Hustler Magazine, just today tweeted out that he's going to offer $10 million, up to $10 million for information that would lead to the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. Um, First of all, Larry Flint is still, like, alive and kicking. Didn't know. I didn't know that either. Second of all, Larry Flint still has $10 million to give away. Phenomenal for him. Yeah. Third of all... This week, both Larry Flint and Eminem finally threw their hats in the, in the ring as two guys who literally don't care what other people think, who are going to try to take down a guy who literally doesn't care what anybody thinks, at least in terms of the facts. Um, oh, I, think, I think Donald Trump cares way too much about what everybody thinks of him. I think that's his biggest flaw. Okay, sorry. You're right. But my, I'm sorry. What I was, gonna, what I was trying to say, and I said completely incorrectly, is – he cares so much about what people think. He will literally say whatever it takes yes. to appease yes. what they say regardless of the facts. And these two guys are opposite. These guys will say whatever they want and they will own pretty much whatever they've done, good or bad or indifferent right. in their lives, which I think actually whether you like Donald Trump or not is the perfect type of person to hold him in check because he, they, these two are already ridiculous, quote unquote, they're, they're, they're caricature type people. I mean, uh, right. Eminem's done it all and said it all. Larry Flint's done it all and said it all. If they're coming at this guy, him calling them crooked or calling them whatever, I mean, they know. <laughs> They've admitted it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is, like, that's why they pay, they, they would play such a good foil against Donald Trump. Uh, well, they would be terrible for Donald Trump as a foil because it's just his arguments aren't going to stick. They aren't going to get riled up. They aren't going to get angry. They aren't going to, you know. Right, right. Well, this reminds me of, and actually you mentioned pro wrestling, and and this is kind of like, you know, back in the day, there were wrestling heels, and there were wrestling faces, and there was yeah. no gray area, you know, like there were, again, faces, pretty boys, if you will, they did everything right, and they were the bad guys, you know, and yeah. at some point, and this guy actually has been a friend of Donald J. Trump's, I believe, for a long time, Vince McMahon, started to kind of blur his announcer character and his ownership character and became like this, you know... Mr. McMahon. And it's amazing yeah. that it took a guy like Stone Cold Steve Austin to come in as like an anti-hero and that the anti-hero was what became the most popular. And in this particular situation, I kind of feel like a Larry Flint and Eminem, the only way you can take down a guy like Donald Trump is, is to be an anti-hero. There's no, is to have an anti-hero. You got to yes. have an anti-hero. Right. Yeah. 
Now, I, I will say, um, you know, good for Larry Flynn for offering $10 million, but the likelihood that somebody out there is sitting on information that could impeach the President of the United States. Yeah. Not great. That has not yet released it, but is going to release it for, you know, $10 million which bucks. realistically is a scant $10 million when you have that kind of, when you have that kind of information. Uh, not very likely. That's true. So you're not, I, you're not, you're not, you're not too excited that it might, it might break the case open on the, no, no, whatever no. happened in Russia. No, and I hope this is okay to talk about on the filibuster freestyle. Well, let's, uh, let's preface it. Ladies and gentlemen, what Andrew might say might not get edited out and it might be questionable if your children are listening. Yeah. Uh, Proceed, sir. <laughs> I would like Larry Flint to offer $10 million for the P tape. So for the, the alleged tape that involves an act, which you just said once, and then we'll leave it at that, uh, that, that probably happened maybe, and, and maybe is housed at the Kremlin or somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, I wouldn't I mean, want to, I wouldn't want to watch it. I wouldn't want to watch it, but I, it'd be great. It'd be great if so. Sorry, go ahead. I was talking over you. Go ahead. I mean, more than anything that'll get him impeached, I think that is the, that's the ultimate way to take that man down. Well, the bottom line is that would finally offend, I think, the 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 far evangelical right that he clings on to somehow, which I don't understand why. Yeah, I, that's, the, that's the most bizarre link I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, something like that tape coming out, allegedly that alleged tape coming out, would probably do more damage than anything that's happened so far. Which, by the way, the, the dude survived a lot of stuff that I thought was going to knock him over. That's why. Yeah. But that's why I think he needs a, he kind of needs a bunch of antiheroes coming at him at once. And this was the first week where two of them were actually rich dudes who didn't care about what anybody thought about them and who also happened to be white just like Donald Trump. So it's like other cartoon characters who happen to be rich white guys going after a cartoon character, rich white guy. Yeah, this is this is the times we live in. These are the these are the men who lead us these days. My favorite part was people were always talking at the end of 2016, like 2016, so crazy. Yeah. Well, guess what? We've had three quarters of a year, and 2017 has beat the last 16 years plus. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. We live in yeah. Yes, um, we are living. We are living at the end of the Roman Empire, except it's the it's 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 the did present. Did you see? Did, now this is maybe like a change that we we're planning on going on. Did you see? They had this graph of um, how Trump viewers viewed the uh, NFL favorably and unfavorably. I did not see – no. We'll talk about the NFL in a bit, so go ahead. What's going on with Yeah, that? it was how did Trump voters view the NFL. What percentage of them viewed it favorably and unfavorably? Yeah. And they were literally, like, you know, really high until he picked his battle and it plummeted. So it's literally just a bunch of people who gave up something they enjoy because a – Crazy old man told them to. Yeah, that's I actually heard. I, mean, I know I, I he's heard, a president, but he's still a crazy old man. Yeah, you can be like you can be you can have a job and still be crazy, right? Like you right, can you, you can be job in the free world and still be crazy. For instance, the guy who made my delicious bagel sandwich today was a great bagel sandwich maker. He could have been crazy. He probably yeah. wasn't because he was an excellent bagel sandwich maker. Right, but, and, and but, he's not an excellent president. Fair, fair by any stretch. Um, all right, let's talk about the Deuce HBO's new show. I believe it's David. What's it, David Simon? Is that his name? Yeah, it's David Simon. I almost yeah. called him David Price of the Red Sox. My bad, David <laughs> Simon. And David Simon has done The Wire. He's done so many great shows, and, and this is a great cast. Homicide. What's that? Homicide, Life on the Street. Oh my God, great show! And so yeah. my man is back. He's back on HBO, which is where he belongs. He's got Maggie Gyllenhaal. He's got James Franco. He's got James Franco playing two people. He's got a great ensemble cast. Um, 
I am pumped about this show. You you watched it the first week before me. I've since caught up. I'm pumped for tonight. Um, I'm just gonna. Ask you, I'm a week behind. I haven't watched last week's yet. Okay. Well, I don't think I'm going to ruin anything by telling you what, what I've already done, which is all these. Man, a lot of times when these big big um, ensemble cast shows start, yeah, you're kind of like. When are all these people going to meet up? When are all these lines going to cross? Like in Game of Thrones, yeah. certainly, even in The Wire in some respects. But in this, it seems like the cops, the mob, the ladies of the evening, the, the bar owner types, they all already kind of coexist in this like half shady, half not shady world that's around 42nd Street in the uh, early 19, mid-1970s mid of New York City. So what I'm asking you is, since the characters already kind of know each other, what the heck are they going to do to make it – I like it already, but what are they going to do to make it pop? So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be that type of show because I was kind of waiting for the same thing and yeah. waiting for it all. But you're a few episodes into the season, into a season. You know, HBO seasons are usually, what, like 13-episode seasons? Like well, usually 10. 10-episode 10, 10 seasons. So you're about halfway in. I think this is just a show about – That time? these people in that time okay like i don't think there's like this big caper where you know i think obviously there's going to be intersections between these different groups and these different people just because that's how that neighborhood is set up but i don't think there's going to be like one big revealing like holy cow that, okay okay yeah that's interesting. i think that's a little too like that's other hbo that's the way hbo's gone with the shows like you know currently with westworld and yep. uh yeah sounds like game of thrones and i uh that's not a David Simon type technique. Yeah, no, I get that, but I well, yeah, I guess the other thing is when they did The Wire, for instance, a lot of the people knew each other, but they kept adding kind of new facets of the city, and therefore a few new characters yeah. each season. Maybe they'll do that. But let's say, humor me that maybe something big is going to go down in the next two three weeks. Okay. Okay. Uh, my pick would be those two ladies who. They're ladies of the evening. They seem to have their own romantic thing going on on the side. And yeah. they are now – have had a scene, which I think is in an episode. You've seen it. If not, I'm sorry. Where they're like – ostensibly where they get their extra money from is they steal it from dudes that they're already with. Like one steals it while the other one's kind of got the guy occupied, if you will. My, my bet is that something big is going to – like they're going to have to kill a guy or something. It's going to go wrong. And that's going to get the street into like a, t a tizzy where the cops have to like break down on things and – they, they've got to kill an innocent. Some, some innocent has to die in like a, a weird way in order for it to get, it to get kind of escalated. To push, push these groups together, to push, that, to push some sort of connection. Yeah, or to push some kind of un disharmony or discord together, right? Yeah, well, there has to be conflict for there to be, a, for there to be worth watching. Right, know? and there hasn't really been any conflict conflict yet. You know what I mean? Right, and I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean... But obviously, I don't know. There's been some little minor conflicts, like when each each within each character in each group. But yeah. yeah, there isn't any any big conflict that gets it all go. That gets the. I'm yeah. rambling, but no, I get you. I get you. This, these are the ramblings of a tired man. We talked pre-show about how much I'm working, so yeah, you're yeah, it's all good. Yeah, you know. I should have given you a fair warning. We're Maybe. getting we're yeah. I have to give Gavin credit though for those listening. Uh, he's been able to host the show. Without missing a beat, while I continuously pick up a half gallon jug full of 
homemade Gatorade and just sw- swing it while he's going on some of his longer talks. No, it's uh, I've actually almost caught you a couple times in mid-swig. Sorry about that. But uh, hey, really quickly, tell the people why you make your own Gatorade. Oh, it tastes so much better. <laughs> Regular like it's it's. It's a much better trick. Nice, I love it. I love. It. One day, one day, Andrew just texted me. He's like, "Dude, buying your own Gatorade. So making your own Gatorade is so much better than buying it." I was like, "Okay, cool." I mean, yeah, I will fight anybody who says differently. <laughs> it's fantastic stuff. All right, dude, let's go. Hey, is your favorite character on the show Abby, the NYU dropout? Who do you like the best on Deuce? Oh yeah, Abby. Okay, I, I'm interested. She's also another place where she's kind of like a square, not a square, but. She's from Old Saybrook or New London, Connecticut. She's, you know, she's decided to come into this world of kind of this blue collar slash murky underworld. Right. Something could go down with her that gets like her parents upset back in Connecticut or something too. Well, I was almost waiting for her to become a prostitute, like you know, almost like right away. Like well, it's early. I mean, it's early in the show. Minnesota. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it doesn't appear to uh, that's going to be her 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 line of work. Yeah, it's there'll be some there'll be some heartache in this show. I can I can tell you that much right now. Um, all right, speaking of heartache, I thought I was going to have to worry about it, but I, for some reason I didn't have to because they pulled it through. The Patriots are four and two. Um, yeah, but they're three and zero on the road, which is the main reason that I'm still hopeful they can be a legitimate contender this year. What are your thoughts? That defense is terrible. Totally. That defense is terrible. Um. You know, and their offense cl- can click. Their offense can put together plays when they need to. Um, play calling today was a little bizarre. Yeah. I thought. Um, but that defense, that's an embarrassing defense. Yeah. I mean, the only the good Jets thing. Jets didn't even have Powell, who's been ostensibly their best offensive weapon. Yeah, Powell's like the only fantasy guy they have left in terms of a guy worth having right. on a fantasy team. For sure. Um, okay, well, what do you think? I mean, where, where are you going with the Pats? You can never count the Pats out. I mean, no matter what they've looked like for the first five weeks, six weeks, yep. this is still the team that came back from 28-3. to three. That's true. If, if you're counting them out, you're an idiot. Yeah, and if you so told me that they, they, they go one and... No, I would not put money on them to repeat, but I would also not count them out ever. That's fair. Because they're the goddamn Patriots. That's right. Well, you know what I like today was that the Steelers beat the formerly undefeated Chiefs. Yeah. And the Steelers' D really seems to be tailor-made to stop the Chiefs' offense. And what I like is that while the Chiefs certainly seem to have the Patriots' number, especially in Kansas City, the Steelers seem to have the Chiefs' number no matter where they play. And the Patriots seem to have the Steelers' number no matter where they play. Yeah. And, of course, Denver has everybody's number in Denver and nobody's number outside of Denver for the most part. So what I'm saying is if it lines up correctly like it did last year and the Pats don't need to see Kansas City, then I think, to your point, their, their, their chances are as good as anybody's. Of going yeah. back to the bowl. Yeah. Like I said, they're the Patriots. Right. All right. Let me ask you this. Let's shift gears. So as okay. I built I build this at the top, our buddy Roscoe P. had the idea that he and I should evaluate the, I believe, 11 or so Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees for the 2018 class. Okay. I texted you that Bon Jovi is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Your answer to me was not, was that you were generally surprised, but then you actually had a hot take on the actual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, do you want me to say it? Go for it. Yeah, the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is the stupidest idea <laughs> that exists in modern American culture. <laughs> like, what, what? when you debate with Roscoe P. later, what are the criteria you debate 
when deciding to put a band in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, so they have a criteria, and it's basically that the only real hard and fast is that your first commercial record had to be released at least 25 years prior to induction, but everything else is fairly subjective. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Here's what the Rock and Roll Hall... If you want the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame wants me to take me to take them seriously, yep. they should rename themselves the Famous Musicians Museum. <laughs> okay. That's all it is. Right. It's a Famous Musicians Museum. Right. Now, what I would say is what's cool about it is, one, the concert that they do as part of the ceremony is, yeah. is baller, is baller. I mean, it's great to see these bands do it up on the same night and it's great to hear them and give their acceptance speeches and what, you know, whatever may come out of their mouths, good, bad, or indifferent, it's kind of fun. That being said, it sounds like Bon Jovi is quoted, uh, and, and I don't have the quote in front of me, but they were nominated once before. Okay. And, and somehow he thinks that one of the guys who's like the main choosers has an axe to grind against against him, John Bon Jovi, and that's why his band's not in. Now, you can like Bon Jovi, you can hate Bon Jovi, but if Bon Jovi feels like one guy is keeping him out of the Hall of Fame, that's an insane criteria, right? Yeah. Because it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Right. Now, let me ask you this, though. Like, there is literally... There's no statistics to debate. There is no, like uniform way to judge music objectively and say that's fair this is what makes it good that's fair there's there's no like you know i guess the best way you can judge musicians is longevity right that's right well uh, yeah like, one of the main point a to point b and you remain popular when popular music is changing that's fine however that still isn't good enough criteria because let's take I don't know, New Kids on the Block. Are New Kids on the Block at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? No. They are still playing and touring. They are still popular. Well, right, but I think, yeah, I think one of the things is then do you get past the other famous musicians who are up at the same time as you, right? Because, like, not all famous musicians. So anyway, I think there is some group. I mean, Roscoe and I are going to go down the wormhole, and I'm actually going to probably enjoy it, but I do think your take is pretty good, which is, you're letting in some bands that objectively I might be like, they're not even good, let alone right. they're in the Hall of Fame. And then there's some bands that I might say, they're my favorite band in the world, and they're not in the Hall of Fame, right? Like, it's too subjective to have a Hall of Fame. I think your famous Musicians Museum idea is probably more accurate. Yeah, if they, they called it that, I would be totally on board. And then that, maybe I'm just being a, like a, a dope about what words, like, you know, Hall of Fame, what words mean, but... I don't understand how you can... I'll have to listen to the podcast because, A, I'll be on it, and, B, I want to hear how you debate whether or not someone's in, like, a... Like, what's my argument against someone being in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Right. Well, let me... let me, well, let me argue let, against that idea? Right. Well, here's my favorite part, is that when Roscoe canceled on me, or, you know, just postponed on me, I was going to get my brother on because what I want to ask my brother was the question, does... Does John Bon Jovi belong in the Hall of Fame? Because I knew his answer would be absolutely not. Because as we all might know from our greatest frontman trilogy of podcasts last winter, my brother hates John Bon Jovi. And so I just want to read our text message chain when I asked him to come on the show this weekend and he rebuffed me. Um, Al, emergency podcast this weekend. Bon Jovi's Rock and Roll Hall of Fame candidacy. I wrote that at 1123. At 1123, no. 
I wrote, I know where you stand. Just need to hear the magic. No. Oh, no. F word them. He's a homeless man's Bono. (laughs) And then I said, and this is his best hot take of the day. I said, I think it'd be entertaining to hear you decimate the band's candidacy. And he wrote, Richie Sambora, who's the guitar player. I'm going to paraphrase here to keep it family friendly. Richie Sambora dated Denise Richards. Richards. That's why he should be in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) There you go. I mean, why wouldn't he come on the show and just light it up with that? That's good stuff. No, I know. What is his... uh, He didn't give you an explanation other than no. He's just he, he, talking about Bon Jovi so far. Like, he, so he suggested he subjectively hates Bon Jovi so much that he won't even discuss why he hates him so much on the podcast. Yeah. Personally, I, I think he should be in. The, the whole band. Uh, yeah, sure. Great. Let him in. Let me ask you this. And again, let's pretend. Let's that, put everybody in. <laughs> let's pretend that it's a famous person's musician's museum, whatever the hell you said, right? Yeah. So this year, LL Cool J is nominated. You think he should be in or out? Oh, yeah, LL Cool J should be in. 100% in, right? Yeah. Yeah, pioneer. Relevant yeah. for like three decades. Here's one. Rage Against the Machine is nominated for the first time. In or out? By yeah, the way, they put them in. Your clock sounds great, by the way. It must be. I mean, I think I would put every. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, I liked Rage Against the Machine when, there, when, I, when I was 14 years old. Sure. That was what I listened to a lot of. Um, yeah, I don't, what's I like, see? This is what's impossible about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for me. Like, what do you say? No. Right. Well, here's the thing. LL Cool J is interesting though because I think there's no. I think objectively, LL Cool J deserves to be in. Yeah, objectively, LL Cool J had a profound effect on the American music. Exactly, and that's my point. That's really my point. My point is. They shouldn't just do it every year because somebody's record came out 25 years ago and they're still famous. Right. They should do it when somebody, and it can be 25 years or whatever later, has had an effect on on people for a quarter of a century in a way that, whether it's you or me or like anybody, not too many people who just hate rap on principle, they're they're, they're not going to vote for LL Cool J, but that's not what this is about. This is about did you have a profound impact on popular music or a genre of popular music, and he's an absolute yes. Bon Jovi, yeah, 100% yes. Bon Jovi definitely has had an amazing career, but we still would have had glam rock. We still would have had pop rock. We still would have had Bruce Springsteen's rep in New Jersey. Like, I don't know. There's got to be bands in there that are, that are already like that. You Co- haven't been Co- correct, that but LL Cool J, not so much. LL Cool J, not so much. Right. Are you going to uh, kick ELO out because they didn't have a... Is ELO in the Rock and Roll Hall? Well, they just got in recently. Exactly, it took them forever to get in. I think ELO is in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Bizarre ELO side note story: When I was like four years old, I was obsessed with ELO. (laughs) That's not weird at all. Yeah. How how did that come about? Uh, uh, I'm not quite sure how it became. Like I was like four year old super fan ELO to the point where I made a bumper sticker that just said ELO and stuck it on my dad's car. You made one. Oh, yeah, like you could buy blank bumper stickers, and I somehow got my hands on a blank bumper sticker and with, like, um, markers, like, made ELO. And so my dad had to ro- drive around oh. and, like, in his car with, like, a four-year-old ELO bumper sticker on the back my for, favorite, like, five years. My, my favorite part is 
Not only did your dad have to drive around with a bumper sticker for a band that he ostensibly maybe liked a little bit, maybe uh, he didn't really like Yellow. Right, but it wasn't like he could go out and actually just buy one that like was made by the professionals. He had to have his like four year old son's handwriting on the back of his car. Right. Yeah. Well, at least you didn't make him buy a jean jacket and sew an ELO patch on his jean jacket. Right. Right. And then make him wear only that jean jacket for five years. Especially in business meetings. Yeah. Uh, good to see you. My son's a huge yellow fan. It's a long story. <laughs> I can't take this jacket off. Lost the bet. Um, all right, man. We can leave it there. Anything? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to be in Boston, actually, again, for a little trip this weekend. I neglected to send that to you. I'm going to be up, so maybe we'll get together. But anything else going on in your world besides crushing it at work? Um, no. nothing. In- I feel like nothing interesting is going to go on. And then in like a month, I'll be done with internship and grad school and all that. And um, you'll start living the I, I aim to have a week where just like a lot goes on. I got you. You're saving it up. Yeah. And nice. Yeah. All It'll right, be like an old school Bender style week. Oh, good for you. You you will have earned it by getting your second kind of master's type degree and all that. So. Right. All right, man. Well, that's good. Well, listen, we'll leave it there. Fill us with freestyle. We'll be back probably later this week or early next week with our buddy Roscoe P. talking about the aforementioned Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees for 2018. Philbuster is where you can find us and hit us up at Gavin Viano on Twitter because, uh, you know, I love to retweet stuff. Faux show. Andrew, thanks yeah. for being on, buddy. All right. Thanks for having me. You got it.